for listening to our podcast, recorded live at Gateway Church Ashford. You can find out more about us on our website, gatewaychurchashford.co.uk. Well, good morning. Um, I feel a little undone this morning for that Izzy's song. Um, If it wasn't enough just with the words of the verses that were coming, but when we got to the chorus, you know, he is the one. And that really impacted me, that he is the one. And I felt something rising, not only in me, I felt it rising in people around me as well, that we were grasping hold of this. Do you know that the Bible says that Jesus said that from the lips of children, he's going to spring forth praise. And that's what we were experiencing this morning. It's, it's, it was a holy, uh, God-given praise that was coming forward. And I just think that, well, I just know that God is doing something this morning and that he wants to continue to do something during the preach and wants to touch a lot of us this morning uh, with, a, with a transforming power that only he can bring. Um, what I'd like you to do is I'd like to invite you to stand for just for a moment. We're just going to pray before I preach because we want our focus to be on him the one. He is the one. He is the one. Let him be the one for you this morning. Let him be the one that you desire this morning. Let him be the one that will be the, bring that transforming power to you. Let him be the one that excites you. Let him be the one that you listen to. So Lord, we just lift our hearts and our hands to you this morning. And we say, Lord, we want to hear from you. We want to hear whatever you want to say by your spirit into us. We say that you are the one. You make all the difference. Without you, we're nothing. But with you, Lord, we're everything. And Holy Spirit, would you glorify Jesus this morning? Holy Spirit, would you have free reign to move in our hearts? Holy Spirit, would you speak to to us? Would you say in your own heart now, Lord, would you speak to me this morning? Lord, would you speak to me this morning? I am open to hear what you want to say to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. This morning, we're looking at the culture of gospel transformation. And this whole thing about what we've been talking about with culture, and particularly this one here about the culture of the gospel of transforming power, You ask yourself the question, you know, what is it? What are we talking about? Where where do we find it? Where do we find this transforming culture? Am Am I affected by it? Am I being affected by the gospel's culture of transformation? And then the big question is, should I be affected by it? Should I be experiencing it all the time? I've still got a bit of a hum here. Am I am I still okay? Yeah, right, I'll just I'll carry on. So they're the sort of questions that I want to answer this morning, and I want us to explore this. So what we're going to do first of all is we're going to look at the passage, which is in Philippians chapter 4, and I'm going to start at verse 4. I've pinched a few of the verses from, because I wasn't given all these verses, but I think verse 4 onwards is so relevant to what we're going to be learning about this morning. So if you want to follow me on the screen, that's fine. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. And I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. 
the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learnt or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. See, Paul was so confident of the change which had happened in him that he was able to say, just do whatever I've been doing. Or if you've heard me say anything, trust that what I'm saying is true. And the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learnt to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learnt the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Yet it was good for you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more one, uh, sorry, uh, more than once when I had a need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is more to be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Aphrodite the gift you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God, who will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. <coughs> Greet all God's people in Christ Jesus. The brothers and sisters who are with me send greetings. All God's, house, God, all God's people have sent your greetings, you, you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. There's such a lot in that passage, and many of those verses you probably have used, drawn on, um, and to help you in times of need and to comfort you. And it's, it's interesting, isn't it? This is the last chapter in Philippians, and it's Paul's kind of final chapter. Paul actually was nearing death at this point. He knew that his imprisonment had been long and protracted. And he kind of knew that the end was coming. So it was very important what he was writing. He was really wanting to impart his, his, his whole life into them. So this particular passage is really punctuated with the things that he's learnt during his life. And his life was a, a life of transformation. 
And we're looking at this whole area of culture. Culture changing us. So I thought I'd have a little look to sort of see what does the word culture mean? What are, what are we talking about? Well, I came up with the obvious one, which said it's the arts and other manifestations of human intelligence and achievements celebrated. Okay, right. That's, that's not what this is about. No. And then I came across this one, and it said, collectively, culture consists of patterns, explicit and implicit, of and for behavior acquired and transmitted by symbols, constituting the distinctive achievement of human groups, including their embodiments in artifacts. The essential core of culture consists of traditional ideas, and, as, and especially their attractive values. Cultural systems may, uh, on the one hand, be considered as products of action, and on the other hand, as considered influences upon further action. And I shook my head and I thought, no. <laughs> it's not that. I'm sure it's simpler than that. And so I looked at the, the biological uh, meaning of culture, and this got it. It says, it's the maintaining of tissue cells, living organisms, in conditions suitable for growth. Yeah. That Brilliant. is what God does through the gospel when we connect with the gospel, when the gospel affects us, when we allow the gospel to affect us, when we have actually grasped hold of the gospel, it has a transforming power that brings around it a culture which enables growth. It enables growth in, in, in extraordinary ways. How was it that those early Christians were able to put up with so much persecution? How was it that they were able to go to the lion's den? How is it, is it they were able to go to the gladiator's pit? I mean, I went to Rome. I went to the amphitheatre there. And I was, in, I was just overcome when I, when I was there to think. There's plaques up there as well about the thousands and thousands and thousands of Christians who were just marched into that arena to be slaughtered and to be killed in the most horrific ways. And yet they did it with dignity. They did it with power. So much so that people were in awe of the way in which they died. Because they had such confidence. They sang. They praised God. They praised the name of Jesus even with their last breath. When I was um, effectively at, at Bible college, I read a book which was called... The, the Book of Martyrs, Fox's Book of Martyrs. If you haven't read it, it's not quite nighttime reading, <laughs> but I tell you what, it really opens your eyes to the battle that went on for the gospel at the beginning. And this gospel was kept alive through these wonderful martyrs who were willing to sacrifice and willing to give up everything in order that this truth about Jesus Christ and about Jesus Christ dying on the cross for your sins and my sins and this wonderful message that by believing in Jesus you will receive him. For that message, people were willing to die, they were willing to suffer and they did it, as I said, with dignity and with rejoicing and praising and with prayer, forgiving those who were killing them forgiving those who were chopping off their heads. You, you know, 
This happened, this happened in, 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 you know, even in the last century or so. Families who went out as missionaries when there were revolutions and their families, heads chopped off, their children heads chopped off. But they did it because of the gospel and because they wanted this message to get to the very people who were persecuting. They wanted the message to get to them because they knew that this message would transform them. The early Christians were being persecuted by a man called Saul. And he was imprisoning them, making sure that they, were, they, that they died. Saul actually held the coats so that men could pick up stones and they could stone Stephen and kill him. And as Stephen was, was dying, as Stephen was giving up his last breath, he lifted up his hands to heaven and he could say, I could see Jesus. I could see Jesus. He was just so full of God. How was he full of God? Because God was inside. The Spirit of Christ was in him. And in those moments when you're under pressure, in those moments when you're natural, you're empty of your natural resources, that's when something else comes into play. That's when the gospel, the real transformation, you're aware of it inside. Saul was so impressed and so moved by this that I believe that that started his journey to be thinking, am I on the right track here? Am I doing the right thing? There's something in these Christians. And we all know that Saul was in, encountered Jesus and he went through his own testings and his own trials, but he went through a transformation so that he went from being a rebel and a murderer to one that was a worshipper and a lover of Jesus Christ and loved the church and loved God's people and was willing to give up everything in order to see the gospel moving on. Such transforming power was in Paul. And I reflected on myself and I was sort of thinking, as I was preparing for this, I was thinking, okay, what's been happening to me in my life? How have I changed since I received this wonderful message about Jesus Christ into my life? And I remember that I was a rebel too. Not like, not like Paul, but I was a rebel in my own way. I used to avoid church. My parents were Christians. In fact, my dad was a minister. I used to avoid church. Uh, first of all, I avoided church by climbing over the, the, my neighbor's wall and going to my neighbor's house and hiding in their, in their lounge watching TV. My parents couldn't find me, so they couldn't take me to church. Later on, I managed to wheedle out of going to church by uh, getting a job on a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> and working in a hotel on a Sunday, so I just didn't have to go to church. But do you know God pursued me? <laughs> he pursued me. <laughs> and so do you know what he did? He sent along a whole group of Christians to work at the hotel over the summer period. <laughs> and they asked me, they said, do you know Jesus? And I said, I know a lot about Jesus. And they said, no, no, do you know him? Not do you know about him, do you know him? And they challenged me, weak after week, they challenged me, they challenged me, and they wore me down. Do you know what I mean? And, uh, but they didn't do it with words. They did it with their actions. They did it with the way in which they behaved in that hotel, the way in which they put up with, with bad language, the way in which they served, the way in which they were so gracious. And they wore me down. So in the end, I said, I'll go along to a Bible study that they were having on a Sunday. And at the Bible study, I prayed... And I asked Jesus to come into my life. And I had a, 
And I had, I had an experience of God that night. And I think I have mentioned it to some people. But that's not the experience I want to talk about. I want to talk about a second experience that I had. Later on, I uh, got filled with the Spirit. I learned about responding to the Holy Spirit, allowing the Holy Spirit to, to cause these transformations within me. Soon as I had this experience of the Holy Spirit, um, there was new power. I had new power in witnessing. I could start to talk to people. I remember I was working in a hospital at the time. I started, I started witnessing in my own way to, to patients, and, and they were becoming Christians, and I was giving out uh, you know, tracts to them, and then they were coming back and saying, I want a tract for my daughter because they've seen the transformation in me, and, you know, and I pray for staff and, and things like this. But I, another day, another day, I'll tell you about those, those stories. I went to work in a... I went to work in a school, actually, just as I was transitioning from, from hospital to, to teaching. And I went to work in a school. And I had a horrible time. I went to that school saying, Lord, I'm going to serve you here. I'm, going to do, I'm, going, I'm really going to serve you with grace and with peace. And so I tried to act a Christian. <laughs> and such pressures came. Such um, venomous stuff came my direction. Um, and I was treated very, very badly by by you know, most of the staff. And, and I remember just being just empty of myself. I just, I just couldn't take it anymore. After about six months, I was really, really struggling with this. And I remember that I went and I was at my lowest point. And I went into the staff, not the staff room, sorry. I went into the science uh, cupboard area, the prep room, and I was on my own. And I fell on the floor, and I was crying, and I said, God, where are you? I said, I can't take this anymore. I am trying, I'm trying, but I'm getting such pressure, I'm getting such persecution here. And I cried out, and I said, God, where are you? And I remember that I looked down at my chest, And I just had a vision, and I saw God's hands come and open my chest. Sorry, I haven't shared this before. He opened my chest, and inside my chest was a gold bar, shining gold bar, solid, radiant. And God said, I'm in you. I'm right at your core. That transformed me. That revelation transformed me. And whenever I've had trouble, whenever I've had difficulty, I have referred back to that moment when I realized that he was, is right inside me. And I have never, ever doubted that. I've known that he's been there. I've prayed and I've acted out of that assurance that he's within me. I've subsequently realized, because I didn't realize at the time, but that kind of gold bar was more like a scepter. It was more like the sort of the, you know, the king's bar, the scepter, which I now realize means sovereignty and rule and dominion. And so God is in me, and he's, he has sovereignty over my life. And I'm so grateful for that. And so he has helped me. 
God helped Paul. And he's changed us. Do you know that the people went to Jesus, the wise men of the, t- of the day, the Pharisees, they went to Jesus and they sort of said, when, when's the kingdom coming? When is the kingdom, when's that transformation going to come? When, when is God's power going to come to change things? And Jesus said this verse, so I think it's going to go up on the screen. Jesus said, the kingdom of God does not come with your careful observation, nor will people say, here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. That is what the transforming power of the gospel is about. It's, he is in you. He is in you. Jesus was so keen for people to know this. And the next verse going up here, I think it's John 17, verse 20. This is what Jesus says to his disciples shortly before he left this earth to ascend into heaven to then send his spirit. So before he left, he said these words to the disciples. So they were making special note of what he said. In his prayer, he prayed. He prayed this prayer. He says, my prayer is not for them alone. That's for his disciples. I pray also for those who will believe in me through that message. That is you and me. Jesus prayed for you and for me 2,000 years ago before he went to the cross. He prayed to Father for you. He looked into the future and he saw you. He says, I pray for them that all of them may be one, just as you are in me and I am in you may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them glory that, you, that, that I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. So just as the Father loved Jesus and loves Jesus, he loves you. He loves you. Do you know, he loves you even if you are not bothered about him. Even if you don't care about him, he loves you. That's the wonderful thing, because when you become a Christian, you suddenly look back and you sort of think, God has loved me, even when I was blaspheming his name, even when when I was doing those evil things. God loved me, and God was pursuing me. History is full, full of stories of people who have been transformed by the gospel and taken from rebels into great men and women who have gone, ab- gone abroad. They've given up everything, and they've gone ab- abroad to serve, serve Jesus, to serve the gospel. Some of them we don't even know about. Some of them we've never heard because they've gone, they've gone underneath the radar. But God knows them. God's great soldiers, you know, those who are, who are even now are serving and sacrificing their lives for the gospel, you know, and they don't mind the hardships. They don't mind the difficulties. They don't mind it because they know. They know that Christ is in them and they know that what they carry and who they carry transforms things around us. The gospel is transforming power. It unlocks things. It unlocks things around us. God, God's culture around us, God's culture of the gospel around us, 
is not about transforming our little bubble world. No, it's about discovering what God has already put in us, which is aching to burst out. <laughs> it's aching to burst out. And I know, I know some of you are feeling it right now. You're feeling, yeah, I know. I know, I know there's something within me that is aching to burst out. There's something of God. I know it. I know I, when I sing the songs, when I'm with Christians, I know there's something. It's aching to burst out. And it's aching to burst out and to affect those around us. He had, the, gospel, the Bible says this. He has given us all that we need for life and godliness. He's given it all to us. It's packaged it's within us. When we become a Christian and when we ask Jesus into our life and we open ourselves up to the work of the Holy Spirit, he comes in and the package is there. It's there. The gifts are there for us to discover. Sometimes we have an idea that we come to church or we you know, come, to, come to a meeting and perhaps God will, will come with something, do you know what I mean, just to change me, my situation a little bit so I can find this more comfortable. Sometimes we feel that we are a small group and what we, um, our behavior and what goes on in the world around us, in our life when we're at work and we're at home and we're with people and having, having to cope with the moaning and groaning that, that goes on around us, having to cope with the, with, the, with the things that we hear and see in the news, sometimes we struggle with this and we can be in danger of feeling that we have to come to church so that we can somehow just get some relief from this so that we go back into it and manage to put up with it. No, the gospel has a transforming power that will cause us to change and change things around us. That's what God is calling us to. That's what he's already doing. It. And that song with Izzy, I mean, what's happening with the young people? There is a, there is a growth happening because there's a culture that God has brought to us. Praise God, praise him, thank him for it. He's brought a culture to us which is already beginning to, to burst out. And we can't hold it back. We mustn't hold it back. We've got to allow this to, to come out. And he's bursting out with the young, with the young kids. He's bursting out with them because they're, and they're bringing prophetic songs. They're bringing prayers. They're praying for one another. And it's beginning to affect, affect them. I mean, we've changed, we changed the Alpha to the, to, the, to the presence meetings because there was such a move of the Spirit with the young people, and we thought, we've got to run with this. And so we've been running with the presence meetings, but it's been affecting adults as well. It's been affecting parents, and, and we've been opening it out to others as well because we're, we're seeing God is doing something here, and we just need to get in line with what he's doing, just like magnets lining up. Let's allow our, our, mag, our magnetic field, as it were, the God's spirit field within us, to line up with what God is doing. When we do that, when we do that, church, things will happen around us. Things will get affected around us. Church, with the gospel's transforming power, things will happen around us. So long as we stay focused, praising Jesus, doing what Paul said here, giving thanks in all circumstances, you know, rejoicing in all circumstances, not getting anxious about anything, but with everything coming to God with prayer and praise and thanksgiving, things will change. Paul, Paul just focused on Jesus. He kept saying, Christ is in me. Christ is in me. Transforming power of Christ is within me. I do everything through Christ who strengthens me. 
And there's lots and lots of verses where he says this. Do you know, God was so using Paul in the sense that Paul was so open to the transforming power of the gospel. It was affecting everybody around him. The guards that were supposed to be imprisoned in him were becoming Christians. (laughs) Families were able to come and visit him and they were becoming Christians. And in this passage that we've just read, he said, and we give greetings to you, especially from the household of Caesar. So the gospel had suddenly gone from the arena in Rome where thousands of Christians were getting slaughtered. The gospel had gone from the arena and it's now in Caesar's household. It's now reached the emperor's home. And so his servants, his family are becoming Christians because you can't stop it. Whatever would be next, what could be next? You might even have an emperor professing to become a Christian, which is what happened. (laughs) Because the gospel couldn't be held back. And so it, it grew and grew and grew. But it came because people were willing to listen to the Holy Spirit, work with the Holy Spirit, work with the Spirit of Jesus, work with the Spirit of Jesus within you to allow yourself to be transformed. And, you, and then things will happen around you which you would, wouldn't have expected that would happen. I met George the other day. Uh, he was at the um, remembrance service in the town. He's still walking without his stick because God had prompted Graham to pray for him for his leg and he was healed of his leg and his leg leg got better and he's still walking without his stick he's still walking in his healing God is prompting us to do all kinds of things God prompts us to, to respond to what he's saying Peter and Paul were walking to the temple they passed a lame man Jesus has passed him many times but this was the day that the Holy Spirit prompted the Peter and Paul and said, I want you to pray for that guy. I want you to pray for that lame man. And do you know what they said to him? They said, silver and gold have I none, but what I do have, I will give to you. <laughs> In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. They gave out of what they were carrying and who they were carrying, Jesus. And the lame man walked, and it caused it opened things up. It opened the gospel up. Many, many people became gospel. It became Christians because of that act of healing. They carried Jesus by his spirit and they were willing to do whatever he said that they should do. We need a lot more prompts, church, don't we? We need a lot more prompts just listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying and saying, Lord, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. I'll go outside my comfort zone and I'll listen to what, you, what you're saying. Um... I felt a prompt um, yes, the uh, day before yesterday. I just had somebody on my mind, and, I, and they were on my mind. So I, I, I sent them a text, and I said, I said, you've, you've been on my mind for the last 24 hours. I said, I know I haven't seen you for a year. I said, but you've been on my mind for, for, for t- the last 24 hours. So I'm just texting you to know if everything is all right. Are you okay? You know, how are things? Text came back. It's a lady on her own. She text came back. She says, my lovely dog died last night. And I thought, wow, God, you care that much. You care because she's hurting. She's, she's suffering loss here. And I text back and I said, I'm, I'm so sorry. I said, you know, because you know, I, remember, I remember the dog. So how lovely that you know, the dog was. And I said, 
God is showing his care and his love for you. He's put us on, your, on our radar, put you on our radar. And uh, came back and it sort of said, it's wonderful. I'm missing being on God's, or feeling that I'm on God's radar. So God is doing things. And he will prompt you. He will prompt you to do a phone call. He'll prompt you to say something, something good to somebody. Okay? We're able to give out so much good. We're able to give out so much good to people. Just keeping positive. That's why he says, whatever, can I just read it again? Because this is, this is it. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think of such things. Okay? That's what the gospel does for us. It changes our culture. It causes us to think differently. So we're able to approach difficulties in a different way. We're able to recognize that God is with us in all circumstances and he can turn it into good. So as I'm coming towards an end here, the challenge to us is, are we, are we uh, willing to be responding to Christ within us? And if Christ isn't in you, or you're not sure that Christ is in you, let's, let's give an opportunity for that to happen even this morning. Let's give an opportunity now. Because what it is is that we just pray, we just say, Jesus... I believe that you died on the cross. And I believe that you died on the cross for my sins so that my sins can be taken out and your spirit can come in. And I receive that truth. I receive that truth into my life. And I now ask that I might be guided by you and might live by your spirit. That is what becoming a Christian is about. We're going to give you an opportunity in just a moment for doing that. We ran, we ran Alpha's in our previous church, we had one guy who turned up one morning. He was a dustman. And he, you know, and I was on the welcome team. I wanted to know his story. And uh, he said, he said, well, what happened was, he said that, um, he said, I was doing my, he said, I've never been to church or anything like that. He said, I, I wasn't interested in God. He said, I found a Bible sitting on top of a bin. <laughs> he said, so I put the Bible on the dashboard of my bin van. He says, my mates laughed at me. Sort of said, what are you doing with that? He says, no, he said, don't laugh. He says, I'm going I'm to read that. You know, one of these days, I'm going to read it. He says, he had it on there for a week or two. He says, and eventually he found a bit of time. So he picked up the Bible and he started reading it. And he started to read about Jesus. And he sort of said, this is amazing. <laughs> so he was in his flat and he knocked on the door upstairs. And he sort of says, oh, no, that's right. He was having a bath. And he, he thought, I've got to go to church. I'm, I must go to church. So he knocked on the, on the door upstairs and sort of said, uh, do you know if there's a, a good church around? You know, do you go to church? There's a good church around. He says, no, I don't go to church. He says, but I know there's a good church up, up on, on the ridge. So he said, so that's why I'm here. I've come because um, I've been told there's a good church here. We, we shared with him. He came on the Alpha. We prayed with him. He asked Jesus to come into his life. And do you know his life transformed? His life transformed. He was so raging. He would share wonderful stories. He, would want to, he wanted to tell people about the gospel. Um, He's, he's serving God in the most unique way. Um, he, I mean, he, he, helps, he helps with a church lead, but he, what his ministry is, is that he prays for people in supermarket queues. He asks God, he prays in the morning, and he asks God for words of knowledge, and then he goes to, shop, to shopping queues, and he queues up, and he goes through the queue, and then he asks God, who is it that you want me to speak to? And then he talks to people. And then by the time he's got to the checkout, he's starting to pray for people. 
and he's seeing healing. So they go home with their shopping and a healing. <laughs> and he gives them a gospel tract. He's, he's been doing that year after year. And he loves doing it. And he's absolutely doing It's fantastic. This, this transforming power is amazing. I remember that I, one alpha that we had in our house, there was two lads. And I was really reluctant to give them the gospel because I didn't feel they were ready for it. They were a bit young at the time. And uh, we felt that they were kind of sort of a bit questionable substances that might have been, been passed around at the time. So I wasn't too sure that they were really taking in what we were saying. <laughs> but the time came for us giving the gospel on the Alpha, so we gave the gospel, and they, they responded to this gospel. I wasn't too sure. I'll be honest then, I wasn't too sure. But the gospel came in. <laughs> the message was received. Jesus came in. And so transformed those two that I was amazed. One of them, one of them is now in Bethel and working in Bethel. Uh, the other one uh, became a youth leader, a youth pastor, a church leader, and now leads a great work in London. <laughs> that is the power of the gospel of transformation. We carry that. What we can do is that we can pass it on. We can pass on the good news we can pass on this message and things will transfer form around us. I, I, am I right for... Can we pray? Yep. Is that okay? Lord, we just thank you for the transforming power of the gospel. We thank you, Lord, that this changes us in a way that we can't change ourselves. But you within us transforms us. Lord, thank you Thank you that you live in me. Lord, I just make the decision this morning, Lord, that I'm going to live my life your way. If you haven't made that decision, then the time is, this is a good moment to ask Jesus to come into your life. So I'm just going to pray a prayer on this. If you just want to say it in your own heart, then just say it in your own heart as I pray this. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me on the cross. I believe you died for my sins. I ask for forgiveness for my sins and I receive forgiveness. I ask you to come in by your spirit to live in me, to work in me and to transform me to fill me with your spirit. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's keep our heads bowed for a moment. Just be thinking about Christ in you, transforming you, changing you. If you know that that was you, if you know, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm aligning myself up with Jesus, do you just want to indicate to me, everybody else has got their eyes closed, do you just indicate to me just raise your hand, just let me know you prayed that prayer or you prayed the essence of that prayer that Jesus is coming into my life. I'm going his way this morning. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your transforming power. Lord, we bless you. We honor you. We thank you for the changes you're going to bring in this church, the culture that's growing around us. And we're looking to see more and more extraordinary things in, happening in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.